Oh, wow, what a morning. What a pleasure to be here, to be back. We've um, been traveling to Catch the Fire Leon, and God is doing an incredible work in, in France. Vive la France, come Holy Spirit. We're just um, partnering with God. But today is Pentecost Sunday, and I get to preach on Pentecost Sunday. Oh, Oh, and Cecil, happy birthday on Pentecost Sunday. May the Holy Spirit fill you. Oh, this morning, Judy Tellin had this vision of me sat in a chair up in the heavens on a really big chair. And she was asking the Holy Spirit, what are you doing today? And he said, I'm bringing an upgrade for my body today, for my children. We're going to go higher. We're going to go higher, catch the fire. Oh, that rhymes. We're going to go higher, catch the fire. Wow, thank you, Lord. And people say to me, what is the name of your church? And we say, catch the fire. And they're like, wow, that sounds intriguing. What's it about? And um, we say it's about the fire of God's love. It's about the Holy Spirit coming to us with fire. And the day of Pentecost is not just a historical story. It's actually in the Bible for our expectation of our life here on the earth, that we would be like the disciples who waited, like Jesus told them to stay in the upper room and to wait in Jerusalem. He told them to wait in Jerusalem until that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The possibilities of God coming and baptizing the disciples and his children with a massive promise that included power and fire. Wow. And so catch the fire. I declare over you that you will be people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire in your lives, that you would be effective in this world and in your lives and in your families. So in Luke 24 as well, 49, Jesus actually says, wait for the promise of the Father, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power on high. There was an association of the promise of the Father and being clothed with power from on high. Wow. This is like the ongoing fulfillment, the ongoing unraveling of the Father's promise to his sons and daughters and his children and his disciples that there was actually something more that, that God wanted to do for his people. Isn't that amazing? I want to be in a place today where I'm open for the more of God. I'm open for the promise of the Father to be fulfilled in my life in a greater measure. I'm wanting a, an encounter and a graduation as a son and daughter to, to be another level of experience of the fire of God. Because that's what it's about um, people. The disciples, what, what were they thinking that, you know, the promise of the Father, what does that mean? It's like, wow, that sounds like something massive, a massive gift. They didn't realize we've got hindsight and we've got scripture that tells us that it was an experience that changed their life and changed the known world. And from there, the gospel spread, churches were planted, mission started happening and Christianity and the love of God covered the face of the earth. But what were they thinking? They didn't know it was going to be 
such a dramatic encounter of God's transforming presence. They didn't know what it was, but they'd had time with Jesus. They'd spent time with Jesus, and they had an insight into perhaps what it was going to look like. You see, in John 5, verse 19, Jesus actually told his disciples, and he'd spent time with them, traveling, training them, teaching them things that they didn't really always understand of the kingdom, and saying things like, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees his father doing. So Jesus was a reflection of whatever the father was doing, Jesus the son did likewise. And verse 20 says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. You see, there's greater things actually available for us. There were, he was... He was saying, I'm, I'm doing what the Father is doing. Everything he sees, I'm kind of acting this out on, on the earth. But there's going to be greater things. You see, the disciples were hearing these things, and they were like Pete, kind of, you know, waiting for something, but really not understanding what they were waiting for. And Jesus was radical. He, he would do things like heal a crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, that had been sick and, and disabled for 18 years, and he did it on the Sabbath. And he did it in a way that he was making himself, himself like God. He was making himself equal to God. And so the Jewish people, the religious people, were unhappy. But Jesus' answer was, my father is working, and so am I. And so the disciples saw this. They, they saw Jesus do radical things like healing lepers and people that had diseases. And, you know, in the law, they would know that if you touch somebody that was unclean, you'd become unclean. But Jesus was making them clean. They, they were intrigued. And then, you know, Jesus, after he'd been raised from the dead, he gave the disciples the great commission. Matthew 28, verse 18. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore. It's been given to me, but I'm telling you that you go and you make disciples of all nations. I mean, what did they think when they said all nations? We don't know how many nations there probably were in the nations that were discovered at that time, but he was giving them a massive vision. He was giving them a possibility of a life that they've never experienced yet, that had to come from heaven itself. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm going to be with you. But there is it again. He says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was giving them some keys about what their future was going to look like. And so, after all this time, they're waiting in Jerusalem, just as Jesus said in Acts 2, that famous chapter, verse 1 to 4. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation because it's, 
it's very explanatory. Oh, I can't remember that word. (laughs) I'm sorry, my brain is a bit fuddled. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. And we went, to, um, we went to Israel and saw the upper room, and it was not a big place. It was like one of our little side rooms here. But suddenly there, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into ha- the house from out of the heavenly realm. Literally, heaven crashed in. The realm of the supernatural, the place where God dwells, crashed into an earthly realm in a small room with a bunch of 120 people that were gathered, listening and obeying the voice of God, the voice of Jesus that said, wait until you're clothed. They had an expectation. And it says the roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could hear. We, a few years ago, when we were in the UK, we heard a recording of the Holy Spirit coming into a group of First Nations in the north of Canada, and it sounded like a chopper, a helicopter chopper, this, this noise. And it was literally almost an enactment of what was happening in this room. And it was loud and o- overpowering. And then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. And they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues. There was like an overflow. There was an overflow of expression and joy. It was loud. They were empowered by the Spirit to speak in tongues and languages that they'd never even learned. It was definitely heaven crashing in to the natural realm that it sounded like a violent wind and tongues of fire. Can you imagine just came upon them. It was dramatic, guys. It was not just a little nice, little quiet moment. You see, when God wants to crash in and bring heaven to earth, we need to be prepared for the dramatic at times. We need to expect that God himself, the God of all heaven and earth and the universe, when he wants to come and touch us, It's going to sound dramatic. It's going to be loud. It's going to be expressive. There's going to be a release of sound and noise and crying and weeping and shouting and praising the Lord. It's going to to be all over the place. We're going to be off the map. It engulfed all their physical senses. It was like their physical senses, their five senses were bombarded by God. I mean, I'd love to see a movie of this happening. I mean, I think it would be amazing. It wasn't just words. There was so much power that came from there. It was an experience never seen before, and it was referred to as the promise of the Father. And the Holy Spirit came and baptized, literally immersed them in in fire. Fire is noisy, it, it takes over. It, it, it goes out of control. If you open doors during a fire, the fire spreads. The no- fire is noisy. And the tongues were a manifestation, an expression of, of what God was doing at that moment. You see, up until this point, the disciples had just seen Jesus in action, Right? They'd heard things that were like almost too good to be true. Are you referring to me? I'm just a fisherman. 
Are you talking about me, this normal, simple person? You're saying that there's a promise for me and my life? But they had an expectation because they'd been with Jesus that something greater was going to come. They'd seen Jesus model. He was a role model to them and a role model of the Father. So they got, began to grasp that the fa their Father in heaven had so much more for them. They'd seen Jesus demonstrate love and power in a crazy way, in crazy situations, day by day, going between villages and towns, preaching and teaching on the kingdom and releasing and manifesting the, the kingdom. They had a, a hope that there was going to be some power in their future. I mean, if God says, go into all the nations, don't you think you need a little bit of power to get there? Don't you need some hope that it's going to be good and that it's going to be an adventure with God? They were going to be given power to live a joy-filled and an adventurous life. It was going to be, fasten your seatbelts, everyone, because we're going on this roller coaster with the Holy Spirit. And also, because they would have studied the, the Old Testament scriptures, they would have read some things, maybe in Joel, the prophet, in, in chapter 2, that foretells the coming of the Holy Spirit. They would have had some of this in the back of their mind. How is this connecting? You know, Jesus our Messiah, the anointed one that's come, how, how is he going to connect what, what Joel said? That it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, amen, and your old men shall dream dreams. Keep dreaming, old men, and your young men shall see visions. Wow, this, this was the Old Testament. This was Joel speaking about today, our future, the disciples' future in Acts. And even on your male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. Man and woman together, he's going to pour his spirit out. There's no restriction. He's going to pour out the spirit. So, you know, they were getting a glimpse. You know, is this, is this what was prophesied? And then some of them may have been hanging around John the Baptist who came before Jesus and was, was preaching on, on baptism, the water for repentance, the re repentance message. But he, in Matthew 3.11, John says that there's one who is coming who's actually greater than he himself and mightier than him. And he, John goes on to say, I'm not... I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. And he is the one that will come and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes, when we come to the Holy Spirit, don't be surprised that not only do you get a baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you get a baptism of the fire. Because you can't separate the Holy Spirit from fire. And so they knew about this. They'd heard about it. You see, but God is described as fire. 
God is described as fire in several passages of the, of the Bible. In Songs of Solomon 8, verse 6 and 7, it talks about love being as strong as death, jealousy as fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire. Love also has fire. The very flame of the Lord, the very flame of God. See, there's a, a flame that comes from God. And it's, it's strong love as well. And then Daniel 7, verse 9, it talks about the ancient of days, God himself. And he, he has garments that are as white as snow, and his hair is like pure wool, and his throne was a fiery flame. It's wheels like a burning fire. You see, God had to be fire if he sat on a fiery throne because otherwise he'd be consumed. He said a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. There was fire surrounding God, the ancient of days. And John, when he had the vision in Revelation on the Isle of Patmos, he sees the Son of Man. And he says in verse 14 of chapter 1 that his eyes were like a flame of fire. He's got fiery eyes of love looking towards you. And then Revelation 19 talks about the, white, uh, the rider on the white horse, faithful and true. His eyes are like a flame of fire. John saw that again. Fire just around God. You see, Jesus was baptized by John. He kind of, it was like a foretaste of a baptism we were going to receive. The one that talked about Jesus baptizing with the Holy Spirit and fire. But you see, as Jesus was baptized, and as it says in Matthew 16, it says when he came out of the water that the Spirit of God fell on him like a dove in the manifestation of a, of a dove. And a voice came from heaven, a very dramatic moment. For Jesus at the beginning of his ministry where he received the affirmation of his father because his father was so pleased with him and he said this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased and one of the other gospels says and listen to him but the father the promise of the father that was coming in a, a balm of love over Jesus a, a validation of his son Jesus and you see, when we receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's also we receive a baptism of love and affirmation. And it's like the Holy Spirit is just like given to us as the icing on the cake, the fire that comes from him. And Romans 5 says that, the Holy, that God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's like we need an experience. We need to keep immersing ourselves and baptizing ourselves in the Holy Spirit in order to receive the love of God. It's like you can't separate love and fire and the Holy Spirit. They, they go together. They go together. And, and there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. There's a place of being in the Holy Spirit where we experience the fullness of our sonship, where we know that we can call God Abba Father. 
where we know we've been adopted by him. It's like this is a progression of that message of sonship, that not only do we receive the love of God and the affirmation of, and the voice of God speaking to our hearts, but we go empowered by the Holy Spirit. I was watching the royal wedding yesterday. Woohoo! It was such a great service and Michael Curry's message on fire and love. Love and fire. Wow. It was shaking some cobwebs in that, um, in that British high church and some of the royal family were ro rolling their eyes. And he was saying there's power in love. You see, love isn't just a flaky little thing. You see, when God comes with his love, he's, a, he's got a fierce love for us. He's like a, an untamed lion. He's called the Lion of Judah. He's not just the little gentle dove. He also comes in a, a very strong way. And Proverbs talks about the, the mighty ox of the Holy Spirit. He's like an ox. And an ox, you don't want to get in the way of an oxen, an ox. You know, they, they're full of bull. Sorry, that was a joke. They have the capacity to squish you and full on knock you down. God's love is a fierce love. There's, there's power when the love of God overtakes us. So being filled is not a one-time event. It's not just, we read it in history, it happened for the disciples, maybe that was good for them. No, it's, it's a place where each of us are constantly saying, I want more of you, Holy Spirit. I need more of your power. I need more of your love. I need more of your fire. And we as a church need to be people that not only are catching the fire, but we're staying in the fire. We're being immersed in another level of the fire. Because I'm hungry for more. I'm not satisfied with the level of power that I'm seeing in my life and across this city. You know, we need to be distinctive and celebrate that God birthed this church because he wanted the Holy Spirit to be central and present. And he he wanted to be honored amongst us. And we most honor the Holy Spirit when we welcome him into our lives. When we welcome him as a church, where we say, we need you, we want you, we're hungry, and we need to be empowered to another level. And the Holy Spirit is, is looking for us to be people that will continually keep coming and ask him for more. You see, the disciples had an expectation that something greater was going to come with the promise of the Father. Do you have an expectation that God's going to come to you, each of you, in your place of work and in your family? Do you have an expectation that it's not just going to be an experience of power, but there's going to be an empowering to go from this place in boldness and courage and faith all we need to do is believe and receive it. It's very simple. It's not hard. Are we ready for him to progress our relationship of love with the Father to another level? You know, maybe some of you have just met the Father 
God the Father as your daddy recently. Maybe that's a new experience, but I'm telling you, they are, there is more in that dynamic of, of knowing and experiencing the love of God to a greater measure. There are times when it feels like the Holy Spirit comes on us with that gentle voice, like the, the dove falling on Jesus, but there are other times when we are set on fire, and some people, their bodies respond to God in a way that they've they look like they're on fire and they're trying to put a fire out and they're screaming and hollering, I'm on fire, I'm on fire and they're burning up in their bodies because, you know, it's the grace of God that he doesn't give us too much that we actually die and go to be with him. But he gives us enough to remind us that he is God and he wants his heavenly kingdom to crash into our lives, that we would yield our senses to him. I'd, I'd like to invite you to stand because I feel like we have to make a choice now. Do I want to yield my physical senses to God and just believe the more and receive the more? You know, are you willing to, to yield control of yourself and allow the Holy Spirit himself to be the one in charge of your life? Because we can turn on the tap of the Spirit and the flow of God. Or we can turn off the Holy Spirit. And I know in this room that there's many of you are just so irresistibly drawn to the Holy Spirit. You're like, pick me, Holy Spirit. Pick me. And some of you are like... You're like the kindling wood in the fire. You know, you, you get the little sticks and the twigs that, you know, you light a match and they set fire and, and they, they begin to attract the, the bigger logs and, and they burn around the big logs and in time those logs begin to have a slow burn, you know. But all around the room there's kindling in this, this place because you're hungry for him. You're hungry for the more and the progression of the Father's love in your life that you've not seen, which is an upgrade. As Judy was saying, that word, there's an upgrade in the heavenly realm. And as we go up and as we're seated with him, we're surrounded by the angelic beings, the, the, the angels of fire around the throne. We're, we're surrounded by God himself, who's a, a person of fire. And so some of us need to let go and yield to the Holy Spirit today. Not in fear, but in bold acceptance that the Holy Spirit is going to give you a massive gift today. So why don't you just tell him, I yield my senses to you, Holy Spirit, and I open up my life and my heart for the promise of the Father and the promise that you would pour out your Spirit on your sons and daughters all across this room. And some of us are not sure what yielding to the more looks like. But you just need to say, I choose to yield to the more. Because God's going to surprise you. He's going to give you a, a bigger expectation of something greater. Some of you are begin to, will begin to start feeling symptoms of fire in your body. You're going to feel warm. You're going to feel hot. You're like, you know, like those menopausal women around here that get hot all of a sudden. And um, speaking to myself there. 
but some of you are going to feel a sensation. Some of you are going to get an urge to begin to speak and cry out and speak in tongues. And some of you are hungering for the gift of tongues. And God wants to give you that. It's not the only manifestation of the Spirit of God, but it's a very important one. It's a very big one. And Jude talks about building ourselves up in Jude 20 in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That it's a prayer language that God gives to strengthen us. And it's for every believer that wants it. It's a gift. Any gift, we have to choose to receive it. And when it's God our Father who loves us passionately, we want to receive his gifts. And so right now, just begin to draw on the Holy Spirit because some of you are going to be filled with so much boldness and power today that you're going to leave this place and you're going to surprise yourself that when you open your mouth how much authority, how much boldness, and how much wisdom and revelation is going to come from your mouth. And you're going to hold the hand of your friend as you are just comforting them or and they're going to be like what is that I've just felt some of you are going to be so electrified that you're going to touch somebody and you're going to give them a shock of the Holy Spirit that is the normal more of the Holy Spirit that God blessed his disciples with after they were baptized so father we right now Holy Spirit begin to draw on him in this room begin to be like those kindling pieces of wood that says I'm here Holy Spirit I'm ready for your fire I'm ready for a baptism, an immersion. I'm ready for that mighty ox, and I'm ready for the fire of God that is round your throne, that you are the fiery one, God, Holy Spirit, the love of God, the love of God that flows. We ask you, begin to draw on him. Tell him that you're ready for another fresh baptism, that you you're not satisfied with where you're at, that you need more of him to be an amazing witness, to live on this earth beyond what you were thought you were called to do, but into the calling and the high purposes of God. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward um, right now. And um, I want you to begin to keep praying in the spirit, but we're going to transition in a few moments. And we're going to have a fire tunnel because we want you all to begin to experience a greater measure of the fire of God. And we want to be remembered as the fiery church. I want us to be known as the fiery church in the triangle, that people that have been set ablaze by the love and the fire.